This episode is brought to you by who else but Odeon. I love an Odeon, especially an Odeon Lux. Whether I'm on the red carpet at a movie premiere or popping down to my local cinema, the feeling is always the same. Pulling open the door to hear the huge, spine-tingling Dolby Atmos sound bellowing from within. The irresistible glow of the gigantic 4K iSense screen drawing you towards it, four times sharper, to capture every detail. Relaxing into those luxurious reclining seats and feeling that sense of anticipation as you excitedly sip on your favourite tipple before emerging at the end of the film trying to put into words what you've just experienced. It's nothing short of magic. You can book your Odeon Lux experience at odeon.co.uk or on the Odeon app. They say we make movies better and I couldn't agree more. Also, just before we head to our fantastic virtual cinema, how would you like a pair of tickets to head to a fantastic and very real cinema? Because the lovely people at Odeon have handed us a pair of tickets to give away every show. So, if you'd like the chance to head to your nearest Odeon and enjoy a movie, all you need to do is leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or a comment on our socials. I'll explain more at the end of the show. Finally, if you like to watch your interviews rather than listen, you can find the full video interviews in glorious Technicolor over on our Trip to the Movies Patreon. And if you want a little taster of what they're like, why not subscribe to our Trip to the Movies YouTube channel? Okay, back to this episode. If you're ready, let's do this. Hello and welcome to A Trip to the Movies, the podcast where each week a special guest takes us on an incredible journey as they curate their perfect night out at our fantastic virtual cinema. This week we're joined by a brilliant actress who has starred in the hit Netflix series The Last Kingdom, the stunning BBC drama The North Water, and is soon to be seen in Nick Love's new sky crime show, A Town Called Malice, taking us on today's trip to the movies. Please welcome the wonderful Eliza Butterworth. How are you today? I'm so wonderful. Thank you, Alex. How are you? Oh, I'm very well, very well. Excited to have you on the show. There's one show I specifically am looking forward to talking about, but I'll, I'll, I'll leave it there for the moment. Um, I thought we'd start at the beginning. And, um, and what initially gave you the acting bug? Was this the first career you ever wanted to do? Absolutely not. Alex, that's such a good question. My mum will laugh at this because um, she was in the medical world and so she wanted me to be a dentist. So that was like my goal as a teenager to become a dentist. Um, and it was really, I got into the acting thing quite late in terms of being bit by the bug. I was about 13 or 14 and I was sort of thrust into one of the school plays. And I remember it was a comedy and I remember just the audience laughing and feeling that like <gasps> rush for the first time. Like, oh, I've done something to affect them. That's so cool. I was like, what, what was that? That was so interesting. And then decided to take like GCSE drama and all that. But then I was still studying to potentially like either go into like English drama or I was still doing sciences, but I was not good enough to, to do any kind of dentistry at the end. I was like, I am not good enough for this. But luckily I joined, uh, well, I, I auditioned for a drama school and I got in. So, so thank goodness. Otherwise I might have been, you know, looking in people's mouths and checking out canines. I'd have been a very dramatic dentist. I'd have been like, open wide. That would be quite terrifying for a dentist. Oh, my God. Look at the state of these teeth. It's scary enough as it is, but like, look at them molars. <laughs> look at the incisors. It really would have been that. So everyone can thank me that I'm not a dentist. That's for sure. Yes, it wasn't my first career choice. Yeah. But uh, but here we are. I mean, the drama school, I think you're talking mm -hmm. about the very prestigious RADA drama school here in London town. That's it. That's the one. Yes. Yeah. So I went there from 18 to 21. And yeah, I was, I was such a deer in headlights. I really, I didn't know what I was doing at all, which I think was good. Because I think if I was to try out for drama schools now, I'd be so 
so self-conscious and so frightened and in a way because I didn't know anything I really was a blank canvas I was even just so new to acting and I'm not from an acting family or anything I just didn't know anything I was um, malleable enough just to go with the flow and it was a really lovely experience I loved that school and I learned so much and it was an incredible like education absolutely amazing I've always wondered is it is there a sense of camaraderie between the actors there or are you sizing up the competition going well there's going to be a time when I'm up against you for a role that is such a good question I feel like I think we are we just become a family so I don't think there's any sizing up or anything like that I think everyone gets very scared in the third year for sure just just for their own sake you know you've you've built up all of this work you you know uh you're just really wanting to do well as an actor when you come out and it's such a competitive industry as it is it's absolutely terrifying so I think everyone was getting whipped up and scared by the third year but as a as a collective as a whole we loved each other and we were such an awesome year and it was just beautiful to to bounce off of each other, watch each other grow. You know, everybody was so different and cool and from all walks of life and ages. And it was just a gorgeous place to be and just to learn so much. So I'm so thankful that I got that opportunity to go there because I don't think I would have become an actor if it weren't for going to RAD at all. I absolutely know I wouldn't have because I don't think I would have known the the pathway or the, the steps to, to go to. And obviously drama school is so not the be all and end all. There's so many astonishing actors who are like, no, I didn't need any of that, which I'm just like, yeah. But for me, I think because I didn't know anything else it was like the route I had to take and I I'm so happy that I I met all those wonderful people on the way so um it was great training ground because uh, a phenomenal performance you give in the show that I mentioned I wanted to talk about at the start and I would suggest if anyone hasn't seen this it's still available on BBC Mm -hmm. iPlayer it's amazing it's the North Water um it's, I'll, I'll give a very brief synopsis. It's about a whaling ship that sinks in the Arctic ice in the mid-19th century and the survivors, there's murder, there's mystery. These men are trying to survive on the ice. It's got, um, if anyone ever saw the AMC series, The Terror, it's got vibes like that to it. Um, what was it like becoming part of that show? Oh, Alex, I'm just obsessed with Colin Farrell. It's Colin <laughs> Farrell. I mean, I mean, I was like, what? Honestly, being anywhere near him was the coolest thing ever. I never in my wildest dreams thought I could have been on the same set as somebody that epic. And he was the loveliest human being, just so cool and hilarious. And I was so petrified because I'd been mainly doing The Last Kingdom for so many years. So it was one of the sort of first shows like that we got that was that was different to that. And I was so lucky because not only was it filming in Budapest, just like The Last Kingdom, so it really felt like home. And um, one of my best friends, Mark Rowley, who plays Finnan in The Last mm-hmm. Kingdom, also got to play uh, a sailor in uh, the North Water. So I was like, oh, this is lovely. So it was just like, just felt like home. So I got to be with him as well as being Budapest. But then, yeah, just watching Colin Farrell honestly just transform in front of our eyes was the best thing I've ever seen. And, and you know, I I'm, I definitely just got to watch so much because my character, Hester, she's just, she's kind of like always hanging out at the tavern. She's lady of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really just me as Eliza though as well, you know, in between everything, just watching all of the incredible actors coming in and out, you know, um, as well, like Stephen Graham. Oh my goodness. Mm. It was just like Jack O'Connell. It was honestly beautiful. And, and the, the world of it was so gorgeous. And obviously when I watched it, I was just so mesmerized by all that work they'd done in the Arctic. I mean, because the majority of the show is actually set, you know, in that exact world and they really did film there. And the stories from that were just mind blowing because <laughs> Mark and I didn't, we were, we were in the Budapest set. So um, yeah, to get to hear what they were up to, was just a astonishing and like the whole show is is seriously something else and and terrifying at the same time isn't it it's you know oh my gosh 
look, yeah. you don't know where to look. And it's just, and Colin Farrell is such a, a monstrous character oh. too. He really just delves into that character so beautifully. And like, he'd be all jovial and adorable on set. And oh yeah, Roy, it's lovely. Yeah, there you go. And he was always <laughs> drinking like full fat Coke as well to get like as kind of big as possible. He really did like on weight and he, he was just wicked. But then, you know, then he'd just like turn into this, horrifically frightening person. I was like, who is this? So I love that. I just loved being a, a fly on the wall for such an extraordinary show. It was beautiful. It's so stunning to watch it, of course, as well. Well, let's um, let's bring ourselves up to date uh, because, as I mentioned, you're soon to be seen in the upcoming Sky crime series, A Town Called Malice, due out on March the 16th. Sky Max, created by Nick Love, who's given us the likes of the football factory and the business Tell us a little bit about the show and what we can expect. Speaking of Nick Love, he is absolutely magnificent. Oh, Alex, honestly, to get to, again, work with such a magnificent person um, was just brilliant. I couldn't I couldn't in my wildest dreams again imagine I, I could, could get to work with somebody like that. And uh, I, I watched so many of Nick Love's um, uh, movies and and just really delved into that, that fantastic world. And so A Town Called Malice is sort of like a lot of his works kind of put together, but it's, it's like a... It's just like an ode and a love to to South London, but as well as like the Costa del Sol scene, as well as 80s music. It's uh, the, the landscape of the show is, is so cinematic, but it's so um, musically driven, but in a beautiful way. Like the music's like another character and another dimension of the story. It's such, such an important part of it. And I, I don't know anyone who doesn't love 80s music. I honestly think it's like everyone's favorite era. If you're like, what's your favorite? Everyone's like, mm, 80s. Like, it's just so much fun. And like, it's so electric and it's so vivid. And, and so the show absolutely captures that it's completely at its heart and um, the characters are brilliant and the show goes in so many different directions just when you think you've worked out who this character is or what's going to happen in the plot no it just twists and turns a completely different way and and you sort of fall in love with everybody even if they have really sort of dark and scary facets you know everybody's got a really cool core and you're really trying to work out what they're doing next and it's um based on this this family called the lords who are from south london and uh it basically just follows their crazy life and their chaos but but also amongst our phenomenal protagonist um who's played by Tahira Sharif who's like one of my favorite actors she's incredible and um she plays Cindy and I won't say much more but it's just chaos on chaos on chaos but set in the most beautiful vivid colorful gorgeous cinematic world and it's also so much fun it's got so much heart it's so hilarious and gritty and it's got a bit of everything in it it's stunning and very romantic as well at the same time i can't wait i can't wait it sounds great and also it it stars a man who i just love watching on screen jason fleming you were filming for five months i think out in tenerife Uh, how how was that how was it working with jason as well like i said huge fan Oh, Alex, it was an absolute dream. I'm the biggest fan as well. And getting to meet him in real life, I was like, what? And again, just the loveliest soul on the planet. I can't even emphasize enough that the, the, the loveliness of Jason, but the whole cast, we really just got on like that. And it was so special to, because I'd done The Last Kingdom for nearly eight years and we are such a close cast, such a family. And so I always thought like, I don't know if I'll ever get to experience that, that again. It's such a rare feeling to sort of have with a group of people. You're sort of thrust together. It's often abroad, you know, it could, it could be quite scary but everybody was absolutely gorgeous and so that made the show beautiful and you can you can see I think in a show where people do get along you know even if their characters maybe are against one another there's there's a connection and a bond that's almost you can't describe but I feel like it's between the cast so we we had that and Jason is mind-blowing so he plays our 
head honcho, if you like. He's Albert Lord and he is the head of the family. So he's the father of the Lords. And um, after, after him, you've got the phenomenal Martha Plimpton as Mint Ma. I mean, the two of them are like the powerhouse couple of, of ever, everything. Um, and then their children are the three Lord boys. So it follows every single character and it's it's just so special. And yeah, working with such icons like Martha and Jason, it was like ridiculous. And I learned so much and we had so much fun and they have so many great stories as well from their, their whole career as, as actors. That was wonderful. Brilliant. Well, March the 16th, that's, I'm right in thinking that answer. March the 16th, it hits sky. Yes. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. Prepare for the 80s. Get, get your mullet out, get your neon, you know, your neon tops out. It is honestly, it's a wild ride and get your like, you, you surf London accent out, get that out as well. Bit of that. Did you, is, is your character from South London? So were you using a South London accent? Yeah, I'm called Carly Lords in it. So I'm like a mobster's wife, if you like. Very glamorous, very like, fun ditzy but at the same time i've got like heart of gold <laughs> so i don't like that that's it but but carly is a really fun character she is just so fabulous and she goes on such a journey you feel like you've worked her out in the first couple of episodes and then she completely you know changes because just because the circumstances just affect all of them and it just goes from one extreme to the other out in the, the costa del sol so it's a lot of fun like we had so much fun playing these roles it's gorgeous a wild ride a wild ride well Speaking of wild rides, Eliza, you're about to take us on your perfect night out at the cinema. You are our guide. We are your audience. Let's go on a trip to the movies. So we push open the doors to our temple of film and find ourselves in the foyer. There's an excited buzz as there always is in a cinema foyer, the hum of anticipation. It's your perfect cinema trip, Eliza. So who have you picked, living or dead, to go with you? Oh my goodness. So first off, I decided I always take my boyfriend, Michael, because that's the most important thing because he's the best person to go to the movies with. And after that, Helen Mirren, because I feel like she'd be such a sophisticated um, co-guest. We would talk about the film afterwards and have such a, a wonderful, elegant time. And she'd talk about the details of the acting. But then I almost think going with Gemma Collins to like a horror movie. Can you imagine like sitting with Gemma and all the thrills and the jump scares? She'd be like, oh my God, get me out of here. I can't do it anymore. Get me out. I'm done. No, I'm done. That's it. I'm done. Could you imagine how hilarious that be? She's like the perfect guest to go to horror film with. And then finally, oh, not finally, actually, I've got, I've got two more. I'm um, Robin Williams, who I will always just adore from the bottom of my heart. I love Robin Williams and I would uh, love to see a comedy with him if that that would have been the thing to to see a comedy with Robin Williams and have him do all the impersonations afterwards of all the crazy characters he's seen. And then finally, Whoopi Goldberg. I just love her so much. And I found out that she's a big sci-fi fan. So I'd love to go to like Star Wars with Whoopi Goldberg and like do all the like the nerdy stuff afterwards, talking about it, dissecting it and finding all, all her favorite characters and moments. So that'd be fun. But my ultimate would be Gemma Collins and a horror movie. Like that is just ultra. <laughs> Okay, so uh, they're, they're, they're all lined up outside the cinema. We've got Michael, Helen Mirren, Gemma Collins, Robin Williams, and Whoopi Goldberg. You can only take one. So there are going to be four disappointed faces. Who are you going with? Sorry, Michael, it's got to be Gemma. I've got to take Gemma. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be Gemma Collins. I love her so much. I just think she's hilarious. <laughs> okay, wonderful. That's brilliant. Gemma Collins is your guest, which means Michael, Helen Mirren, Robin Williams and Whoopi Goldberg are sharing a cab away from the cinema. They're, they're sad, but they understand your decision making. 
<laughs> right. There's a clock on the wall in the foyer. It reads a specific time. What time of day have we gone to the cinema? I'd say the evening because I love the build up like throughout the whole day, like knowing I'm going to go to the, the theatre, like, you know, after some work or uh, after being with friends or something. I love like just the countdown of going, oh, I'm going to the movies tonight. And I love that at night, I feel like there are more people there. And I love going to the cinema where there are lots of people. I like the kind of more packed atmosphere. I, I get a bit creeped out, but it's just like me and a mate and some random mysterious figure in the corner. I'm like, oh, you know, it just gets a bit creepy. I love the sort of community aspect of going to the movies and sharing this moment with a big group of people and like hearing you know the laughter or the shocks or so i'd say at night so night because you like you you like a busy auditorium because it is i mean one of the wonders of cinema is that communal experience isn't it like you say there's laughter the tears Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. And I, I think everybody seeks that escapism. And I love that you're with a big group of people and they've all got their phones off. You know, no one can reach them. There's this lovely sense of like also comfort and they're all in this one space together. Because I feel like in today's modern age, you know, we're always on our phones, we're all looking down and actually there's a whole group of people sharing this together and all of that's switched off, all of it's away. And uh, yeah, you share this moment. And I love the, going to the theatre as well, like to see plays because I feel like the same atmosphere and I just feel like everybody's just loves that just escapism and getting to watch the same story. It's just gorgeous. It, it is, isn't it? I mean, I, I 100% agree. It's such an immersive experience going in the cinema and you'd hope people have their phones off because even me, even I, I'm, I'm guilty of this as well and I wish I wasn't, but like at home, if I'm watching a movie at home and the phone's just on the arm of the sofa, you just, it's almost like we're, we're now psychologically inclined to just go, I'll just check something. I'll just check social yeah. media. I'll just do that. There's even like a, a like a, a phrase for it now is like double screening or something where like most people, if you're watching TV, you're also on another screen, either your phone or your iPad or your laptop it's true i absolutely do that too in fact i'm like oh this is the time i can get my emails done but i'll also put on you know like ace ventura or something and i'm also like so but but there's something where it's the cinema sort of forces you to go no this is your time as well for those you know two hours just to shut off and absolutely not do that and just just absorb yourself and i think there's something that, that's why i actually prefer going to the cinema versus watching it at home because i know i'm likely to get distracted whereas if i go to the cinema i'm like right i am absolutely in this bubble with these people this magical thing is about to happen and i just love that double screening i've learned a new term i did not know that term that's great double screening it might not be double screen it's certainly called something it's where you you are doing the two things at once it's something like that i, I maybe i've just made up a whole new term everyone's like what what are you saying all right well <laughs> you have booked the tickets for our trip so where are we going to be sitting in the auditorium i am a middle of the screen kind of girl. I'm the middle of the theatre. Like I have so many friends who are like, we have to book the last, you know, row. We have to be right at the back. But I always find I'm too far away from it all and I'm too sort of like separated. So I like kind of being right in the middle, middle aisle, but middle seats as well. Um, and yeah, just getting right in the sort of thick of it. Um, I also don't like being right at the front, obviously, because that is just like neck cramp hell. You're just like, Ugh. and also it feels like you're at Wimbledon because you're having to like <laughs> back and forth to see like the action of like too close. You're like, wait, what? What's going on? All in. So um, I love just being smack bang in the middle, right in the center of it all. That's my favorite. Okay. And, and do you, uh, my, my, it's my standard question because I'm an aisler. I have to sit on the aisle just in case I need to get up and go to the bathroom. But are you cool with, are you cool with being able to sort of go, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, as you pass people in a row? I am very lucky. I think only once in my whole life have I ever gone to the, the loo in between, like in an actual movie theater in the middle of a film. I know I'm very lucky in that sense. I'm not usually lucky in that department. So the fact that I can only 
I've only done it once, but I usually I'm just, I'm so prepared. I'll go to the bathroom, get my snacks. I'm really like on it. And uh, I bring certain snacks to the movies as well, which we'll obviously talk about later, but I'm very good with the preparation side. So I'm like, I'm sitting in the middle. No one is taking me away from this moment. I love it. Biff, just before we started, you, you did call yourself Hermione Granger. And I'm, I'm sensing that now. I'm sensing that you are very prepared for a cinema trip. Oh, I really am. I am so prepared. I have like school backpack ready. I have all the specific snacks. And I, I honestly, I'm so, that is my one moment to like just sleep. And I, I love it. I love it. Well, you just mentioned snacks. And obviously the air in the foyer is full of wonderful smells. Every manner of food stuff is available at the various counters. What are you choosing to eat? So I am definitely a popcorn kind of kid. I love popcorn. Like only a couple of times I've had like the nachos and the hot dogs, but I always feel really odd. I'm like, what is going on? I'm like movies and cinemas for popcorn. So like when I'm eating a hot dog, I'm like, what is going on? Like, I feel like I'm in the wrong setting. I'm like, I should be at like a festival doing this. Or if I'm eating like the nachos, I'm like, I should be in a beautiful restaurant, like a Mexican restaurant. But um, I'm a popcorn kind of girl. I love it mixed back and forth. In fact, I remember when I was a kid, um, this specific cinema I'd go to, because I'm from Lincoln, Lincolnshire. So there was an Odie in there and the guy was so sweet. It was always the same guy because Lincoln's so small and he would proper mix it back and forth. Like he'd take one scoop and then one scoop and then one scoop. And it, it, but like each, like the salt and the um, the sweet was like at one other end of the thing. And we could see him running from one to the other. And I'd be like, God, that is dedication. Just because we'd be like, I want the mixed popcorn. And he really would, he would mix it. Whereas I think now you get like half salted, half sweet because who's got hair over there? But this lovely man in Lincoln, I always remember him running, you know, just be sweating because we'd ask for mixed popcorn please and he was like all right here we go <laughs> but that, that is my the, my favorite definitely the mix i love the, the two together but as well as my um my mother is um american and so when i was a little kid we used to go to the states a lot and um in the cinemas there all you can smell is butter when you walk in it's like whoa the butter and so our choice in the states was always to go for the the ridiculously like oozing with butter popcorn that would be my ultimate because you we don't do that in England, but in the States, they still now, that's the thing. You walk in, you're like, oh, it's butter. It's crazy. It is mad that we don't have that here. Uh, do you have a theory why we don't have it here? I've heard various theories. Uh, some uh, some theories include the, uh, the, the rather worrying idea that whatever that butter is made of, it is probably illegal in this country. That is true. I mean, I'd say number one reason would be cholesterol. Uh, but, but on top of that, I agree. The butter almost isn't like normal butter, but that's what makes it so good. You're like, what is packed in this? Like chemical divineness, whatever it is. It's like it can't be encapsulated anywhere else but these American movie cinemas. I don't know what they put in it. You're right, Alex. I'm like, that is quite concerning when I think about it. But it's so good. And, and on top of that as well, in the States, they love trail mix. And my mum is all about that too. So she would always like um, mix candy with our popcorn. So it's like crispy M&Ms and peanut M&Ms. And we'd have like minstrels in there. So that's another thing. We'd have the trail mix. And if they have it at the movie theater, I'd always also go for a butter kissed toffee popcorn. Do you like that as well, Alex? I'm not a fan of sweet popcorn. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a simple guy with simple tastes. Uh, salted popcorn is all I need. That's it. That sorts me out. You don't need the butter, the crispy M&M's. I mean, just, you could go on and on and on. Every time I hear about this butter, and no matter how awful people describe it, I think uh, uh, one person described it as possibly containing horse plasma, and yet I'm still into <laughs> this butter. 
Yes. You've got to try it once. It's a bit like going to Scotland and having a fried Mars bar. You just have to do it. You get. You might be like, huh? But you have to try it once. Then you're like, okay. Then you're, the world is flipped upside down. So you have to try it. You go all in. <laughs> You've got to go all in when you're in the States. You just you accept it. Accept it. All right. Well, we've got everything we need. It's time now to leave the foyer and walk down the corridor towards the auditorium. Posters I'm going to put up along the cinema wall illustrate some of your most important movie memories. The first poster I'm putting up depicts your fondest movie memory. So fondest movie memory, this is a bit wild, but I love Jordan Peele's um, like kind of horror films. And I'm not really a horror film kid, but I love Jordan Peele's stuff. Um, and uh, I remember watching Get Out for the first time. It was the, the opening week and uh, I was in London and there was such an excitement about this this film and I'd seen so much and I love the actor Daniel Kaluuya as well. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. And Lakeith Stanfield as well. And um, I was in there and I just remembered the craziness of this film. And I always... I can never forget it because everyone was so immersed in it. It was just insane. People were like up on their chairs screaming. I remember by the end of the film, everyone was like, go, 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 like screaming at Daniel to like, run, run, run. It was just insane. I remember thinking, wow, everyone is so in this. And I, it just completely stuck in my mind. I've never been in a movie theater where it's been that like, everybody's in the same thing. Everyone's at the same like fight. Everyone's like, ah! and it was just, and the laughter was brilliant. Everyone was just, just so into it. And I was like, this is awesome. It was, it was almost like I was at a football game at the same time. I was like, what's going on here? But um, yeah, for me, it was like, get out was a really cool moment where I was like, this is awesome being in this movie theater. Tell me, because as you mentioned, you, you spent some time in the States going to movie theaters. This is a UK movie theater because that kind of reaction is not uncommon in America, but this was in the UK. This is in the UK, this was London, and because it, it was like its opening week as well. And I think because Daniel Kaluuya is a, a London boy and everyone was like, oh, wow, it's so awesome to see him go out there and do this film. And there's just something so special about, about that in its sense. And uh, it was just such a different film that I'd never kind of seen before. And I just found it so clever and I thought it was so cool, but I loved that everyone was proper into it and no one knew how it was going to end. So we were all like, what, what, what? <laughs> and I just absolutely adored it. It was fabulous. Did you um, did you see his most recent film, Nope? I did. I did. I've seen all of them. I've seen Us and Nope. And I again, I just love all of them. They're all so different. My favorite is always going to be Get Out. There's something just so ultimately thrilling and like, whoa, about that one um, in terms of like the ending and stuff. But I, I just think he's so clever. I love his ideas. I love he really thinks outside the box of things. And and they're also a bit silly as well. There's certain like Nope was, it was, it was scared me in so many places. But then I was also like, oh my God, this is just crazy. There's a silliness about it. It doesn't take himself too seriously. Um, and again, I love Daniel and I think he's just excellent in that so yeah and Kiki Palmer oh my god she made that film for me though she was oh she just blew me away she was my favorite yeah I, I loved Nope as well I mean I really loved Nope and I know it was quite a divisive movie not everyone really got into it but like like you say there's a couple of moments in that the chimpanzee scene obviously yes. but oh my god Alex that scared the out of me that scared that I shouldn't say that well, but that really scared me Alex. I remember thinking okay this is a horror movie now but it was actually just not to ruin it but if no one's seen no but like yeah there's that scene and it's not what you think it is kind of thing but yeah I was like oh horrible yeah there's that scene and uh, the bit where uh, Stephen Young I don't want to I, I think we're allowed to do a little spoilers but let's just say when he go, gets sucked up and then you see and that I was that's that that image still haunts me horrific horrific and even when they're at the um the like cowboy kind of thing where the the thing is coming 
and just everything the wind starts going and everyone's like sat on their seats it's like oh it's just horrible and again it's just so clever I'm like this is such a, a wild world of it it's it's just awesome so I love the Jordan Peele movies they're excellent Okay, well, we did. I, I, I took us off track there. We were talking a lot about no, but the poster we're putting up for your fondest movie memory, which sounds like a very good movie memory, is Get Out. So the next poster, as we continue down the corridor, we're putting up a poster that depicts your worst movie memory. And to be fair, Alex, I've not had many, like, I was, I really had to wrap my brain on this because I just love going to the cinema so much. Like, even like a kind of bad movie, I'm like, ah, like, I enjoy, like, just being there. So in my head, it always just skews into, like, a most wonderful kind of afternoon or evening. But it was more that this film maybe just didn't land with my parents and I. To be fair, we had flown to the States. I remember this was the summer we'd gone to the States, and I'm pretty sure they were quite jet lagged. But we decided to watch Batman versus Superman and about, 15 minutes into the film. This is the one with Ben Affleck and uh, Henry Cavill, who I just adore both of them. So this is nothing on them or anything like that. But I remember just looking to my left, my mother was asleep. Looking to my right, my dad was asleep. And I was like, oh, right. And just thinking like, it was just this kind of like, oh, this very like boring, stiff atmosphere of like, dun, 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 dun. I was like, almost like waiting to leave the cinema. And I'm never like that. It's just, there was something maybe missing in that particular like movie experience and like, yeah. And I love like superhero movies as well. So, but I, there was something about it where I was just like, yeah. And, and they were both asleep, bless them. And I was like, right, when's Tate down? When are we going? When are we leaving? I, I mean, it's a, it's quite a scathing review of a film in which Batman fights Superman and yet your parents both <laughs> fell asleep. The two biggest superheroes of all time fighting. And it's like, nope. Yep. They were unconscious, exactly. So you're kind of like, oh. So in that sense, I remember that being like, that's not particularly great. But I didn't mind the movie. I thought it was quite cool because I love superhero movies. But um, yeah, I remember thinking this isn't this isn't the funnest day out. But another like scary time was um, I was about 14 and I'd gone to a sleepover with loads of girls and somebody decided, and I'd never seen a horror film before, somebody decided to put on Jeepers Creepers. And I just remember it being the most horrific thing I'd ever seen. I'd never seen anything like it, never seen any you know, gory things. And I couldn't sleep for months, not even weeks, Alex, it was months, if not years. And it really like freaked me out, like just everything about it. And we watched it from start to finish. And then by the end, I was like, I just, I couldn't even move. I was like, what if I just witnessed? So I'd also say that's my double whammy. If I was to also think of like just a horrific uh, movie moment would be Jeepers Creepers on top of that. Okay. Okay. Um, right. Well, I'm going to put up a poster for Batman versus Superman. I will say this just to nerd out for a moment. The, the, uh, the theatrical cut of that movie, which is the one you saw, is rubbish. There is a director's cut. And I'm only saying this because I feel like uh, I feel like a defender of this movie. The director's cut of that movie is actually very good. It's so weird. There's about 15 minutes more, I think. And it's a different film. Oh, that's wild. So, Alex, you, you've heard this before then, because you you clearly know what, what the, the defense is of this film. You've clearly had a lot of people say, Mama, there's a superman. <laughs> I, 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 I pick weird hills to die on, but that's that's one, <laughs> <laughs> that's one for me. <laughs> that's brilliant. But it's true, because I've, I've actually had this particular conversation with many friends or different people who are big superhero fans, and they're like, yeah, there's just something. But then other people are like, no, it's excellent what you talk about. You obviously you weren't, you weren't paying attention to the right bits there's also that because there's sometimes i'll come out of a movie and i'll be like hmm i didn't didn't really get that but it, it could also the mood you're in when you've gone into the theater as well if you're ready for it if you're you know i guess open to whatever you're about to see so that that changes things but i will i'll look for the director's cut 
All right, let's continue down the corridor. The third poster we're going to put up depicts the last performance that brought you to tears. Yes, I would say it's The Woman King. It has to be Viola Davis in The Woman King. Have you seen that yet, Alex, The Woman King? I, I have not seen it, but uh, we uh, this has come up before. Uh, someone, uh, another previous guest on the show picked this for the performance that brought them to tears. And they said they cried seven times in this film. So many times. Exactly, Alex. I, I, I cried numerous times, so many moments of it. And I, it's honestly, Viola Davis just blows me away. Anything she does. Like, I remember when I first saw her in like Fences with Denzel Washington, I was like, oh, like just jaw dropping, sensational. She's just so wonderful and she just taps into emotions like I've never seen and uh, so in The Woman King which is such a powerful film as well like there's a such a gorgeous message running through it as well it's uh, it, it's so epic actually I didn't really know what to expect I remember seeing the trailer and thinking whoa this looks awesome but that actually going I was like wow there's such a deep story to it as, as well and it's just gorgeous it's just seeing these epic women and their their fighters and it's also based on a lot of like truth as well so I was like oh I didn't know this I, I felt so like shocked that I wasn't I wasn't aware of this like other world basically and like um yeah but Viola Davis was beautiful in it as always so I'd have to say she, it was it was her she absolutely always moves me to tears she could do a car insurance advert and I'd be like <laughs> if, if Viola Davis isn't anything I'm gonna cry I will cry <laughs> and, and, and what kind of crying was it was it a gentle tear rolling down the face or was it sobbing like just shoulders heaving up and down which one Alex, it depends on who I'm with the cinema with. I bet you feel the same. There's some people where you you just you're at the cinema with them. You maybe don't know them very well, and you're like, I can't cry too much. And you feel like, but I actually went with my friend Cat, and the two of us are like, yeah, like looking at each other, and then looking back at the screen, yeah, like are you seeing what's in here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was definitely one of those. Like, yeah. but I've been to them where sometimes when I'm with my parents, I'm like, I don't want them to see me crying, and I do that whole like. You know, really, but, but I'm actually shaking on the inside. So luckily I could let it all out with my friend Kat. That was hilarious. All right. That's our third poster, a poster for The Woman King. I haven't seen it. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. So our final poster, the final poster we're putting up before we enter the auditorium depicts your unpopular movie opinion. Yes, I, which I feel like I've already related with Batman versus Superman. And I feel terrible about it. And I'm about to feel even worse about this one um, because I love all the actors that are in this film. Uh, but it's it's La La Land. Like, I maybe I just didn't get it. I know. Alex, you're so shocked. I, I went and I'm a huge fan of like musicals and like really like gorgeous, dazzling, stunning, like aesthetically beautiful things. But I remember just thinking, I think there was so much hype around it. And then I remember just thinking like, okay. And and that's a very unpopular movie opinion because I'm sure so many people are like La La Land is stunning and it's extraordinary and it absolutely is. But maybe again, maybe I just wasn't in the right head frame going in. And so then I came out and just thought, yeah, yes, I thought it was beautiful or whatever, but maybe I just didn't quite there was something that didn't quite capture it for, for me. And I don't know why. I honestly can't even tell you why, because every other element about it is wicked. Like who doesn't love Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling? And so that's a very unpopular movie opinion. You asked for it. You asked for unpopular and I'm afraid. Yeah. I did. I did. I did. And I, I, I appreciate your honesty. La La Land. That's absolutely fine. You That can be your unpopular movie opinion. I mean, you're a singer yourself. Was it, was it the musical numbers or was it the dancing? What was there? Something that just didn't hit home? But I am not a singer in the way that they are. Like I, I cannot do it even one percent of what those people can do. I, I am, I'm a singing in the shower kind of person. <laughs> but I do love singing, of course I do. And like we did singing at drama school, this kind of thing. But in, I, I could never even 
touch what those incredible actors could do. So it, it wasn't that at all. I thought the music was insane. I was like in awe of anyone who does singing or oh, just find that beautiful. I guess it was just maybe all the hype around it. I must have just been in a not a very good mood. I was just like, you know, entertain me. Mm, yeah, like a little gremlin in the movie theater. Like, go on, do it. Entertain me. Not good enough. <laughs> Obviously it was. It was sensational, I guess. Uh, that's just my thing. Maybe I need to watch it again. Maybe I need to see it again different setting different mind frame and go oh it's weird it's weird isn't it i think i think you hit the nail on the head uh, hype is a really dangerous thing because i've i've been to see films that uh, people have got oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god you've got to see this and it's too much and by the time i'm sitting there in the cinema i my expectations are so high it's there is no way the film can live up to it Exactly. That must have been what it is. Cause it, cause it, I know it won Oscars and everything. And I think I remember thinking, Oh my God, this is going to transform my life. And that's it. It's in, and you know, movies can do that. That's what's the magic of movies. But you're right. If you're then building yourself up and you're psyching yourself out for this thing and it doesn't quite, you know, it could be like 99% loading and it just that 1%. You're like, well, you said it was going to be, in it, in it. but um, obviously it was gorgeous. So for me, I need to watch it again. I'm just giving myself a, a lesson because I need to watch La La Land again and have the best time ever. Yes, uh, which you which you may do, and at that, that point, I guess we'll we'll take this poster down. But for the moment, we're putting up La La Land as your unpopular movie opinion. Okay, uh, yourself and Gemma have arrived at the last set of doors into the auditorium. Now, there's a queue of people hoping to join the two of you in the cinema. You've said you like a busy cinema. Are we letting them in? We're letting them all in, all of them, everybody. Everybody has to come in. They have to. have to share this moment. <laughs> okay, well, the crowd goes wild in appreciation. They're pouring into the auditorium. Now, before the movie begins that you've picked for us, we're going to play a few things. And the first thing we're going to play is the trailer for the film that you are most looking forward to. Most looking forward to. Oh, do you know what? It's the movie Tar with Kate Blanchett. I'm actually most looking forward to, and I haven't. I've just seen the trailer for it, and I I love Kate Blanchett. I think she's extraordinary. She's one of these actors that just can transform into anything. She always blows me away. So Tar, this movie Tar with Kate Blanchett. Okay, I'm I'm a, I'm oh, I'm about to do the thing that I just said. I hate it when it happens, and I'm going to hype it for you because I watched it and it is brilliant. <laughs> Oh my god! Excellent, excellent! I cannot wait! I cannot wait! And I, I do love it. I like when somebody does tell me it is really, really good because then it just absolutely pushes me to go. I was, you know, I'd always see every film. I'm like so about just going to the movies all the time. Um, but yeah, it's good to know that apparently it's amazing. Kate Blanchett, oh, she's just unreal. Yes, yeah. Uh, it's the first hour. It's, so it's quite a strange film. The first hour, I was like, um, what am I watching? And then the second hour, I'm like, oh, this might be the greatest film I've seen this year. So now, now I really have hyped it. Really? And is it because it's quite stylized as well? Is there like a sort of really like bizarre element to it? It's very, very slow, and the sort of the mechanics of the plot don't really kick in until about an hour in. You're just getting to know this this character that Kate Blanchett plays, obviously Lydia Tarr, and um, and then at the, at the about sixty minute mark, everything starts to happen. You're like, wow, whoa, oh my god, I cannot wait. I I have definitely definitely overhyped it, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I I think. I think she will win the Oscar. She's she's my hot tip for for the Oscar. Um, I, I know it's really between her and Michelle Yeoh for uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Do you know what? 
that's also moved me to absolute tears as well. I, I put that in as my second choice because that was something else. I forgot about that. That was that was one of my favorite movies as well of last year. That that was so epic and nuts. It was nuts. I was like, what is going on? Just if anyone's seen it, just all I say is sausage fingers and they'll know what I mean. I'm like, what? You know, it's, it's got everything. It's got like martial arts and oh my God, Michelle Yeoh was amazing. Like, all of them were insane. And Jamie Lee Curtis and oh, I couldn't believe how epic that, that film was. So that's another favorite in every single way. And uh, while we're doing Oscar tips, I think that will win Best picture. That's my. Oh, tip. I so hope so. Oh, I so hope so. I thought. I think it was such a great, like, crazy leap in terms of like, uh, you know, my mum and I were discussing it actually a couple of weeks ago. She was like, you know, the script must have been insane. Like, just reading what happens every moment, it changes every second. That you know, that's happening. This is happening. I was like, I know it's absolutely bonkers. Like, how they even wrote a script for it, I don't know because it's like, Argh! and yet it just, it's perfect. It just so works. It's like a, a blender of craziness and it's so beautiful and at its core it's just such a heartfelt beautiful story about a mother and a daughter's relationship i loved it i loved it yeah i i think i think uh, i think jamie lee curtis said she had absolutely no idea what the movie was about until she finally saw it while she was filming it she hadn't a clue what she was doing as like a tax like tax duty officer or something i mean yeah for her like that part of the script must have been insane and then before she knows it she's like fighting with sausages and she's it's just it's a magical exhilarating yeah if anyone hasn't seen that movie go see it because it's just nuts and no one can even describe for you what you're going to feel and or tell you what it's about because it's so insane but wonderful so wonderful all right, so we've played the trailer for Tar. Now we're going to play, warming up our audience, warming up Gemma Collins. We're going to play your favourite shot or sequence from a movie. Yes, Alex, I, this was so hard for me to choose between, but I am going to say I'd never forget watching 1917, you know, the war movie, the Sam Mendes war movie, and just being like, oh my goodness, I couldn't get over that, you know, there was only a handful of takes and it was this most extraordinary story with all these soldiers and just mapping out this war and and just knowing how it was shot. And I, I just couldn't get over that. So I remember my jaw was on the floor when I watched like that, that film sequence, if you like, of 1917. I just thought, whoa, the cinematography, everything. But like, you know, the, the, how the crew managed that and, and the camera teams and everybody involved. I thought that must have been an absolute, just honestly circus to do that. But yet so, you know, the precision and the the measured quality of it all as well was just beautiful. It blew me away. And obviously the actors were just stunning and having to almost do like a play because having to put it on and not not be able to cut in between and just go and go and go and have all the beautiful relationship dynamics going and playing and all the moving scenes, but not being able to cut at all, I just thought was awesome. I loved that. So special. It's fa- famously, as, as you as you've just said, yeah. Famously, it's it's uh, it's made to seem like one entire shot. So I think what you've done, which is absolutely brilliant, and I've never considered this as an answer for this question before. We are going to be playing the entire movie, nineteen seventeen, because it is just one shot. It really is. It really is in terms of an act, like a sequence. I mean, the whole film is is that, isn't it? Like that in terms of a shot, it's it's just like whoa. Um, there's a few films that have done like that. Like Birdman. Did 
did that as well and with Emma Stone gorgeous Emma Stone again and like you know those kinds of films I just I'm blown away by them I just find that the technical elements of that extraordinary and like and for the actors as well having to delve not only into these brilliant characters you know but but having to do it all at once you know just this idea of like you better be on your game that's it you know we're maybe only going to do this a couple of times and then that we choose that that's the take we choose and that's the whole film you're like you know there's something really thrilling about that that must be really fun as an actor to do I've never done anything like that but like it it must be like a theatre performance in that sense because you can't let go of you have to maintain that for as long as you you have to I guess I just love it fantastic right 1917 so your favourite short sequence we're playing the, the audience are thrilled. They're getting two movies for the price of one while playing the entire of 1917. Right. Uh, you're very kind. This is a lovely thing you've done. You've printed out T-shirts as a gift for our audience and Gemma with your favourite movie quotes on the front. What is your favourite movie quote? Well, quote, it was more like the whole monologue of Meryl Streep and Devil Wears Prada where she talks to uh, Anne Hathaway about how style is formed. That it have to be the entire monologue on one T-shirt of like, when she's like, it's blue. What would you mean blue? And she talks about the sweater and then they have this whole like conversation and she just like humiliates her by saying where like styles from and where, you know, that ugly sweater that you're wearing is actually from da 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 So it's actually the Meryl Streep monologue and Devil Wears Prada. She's amazing, isn't she, Meryl Streep? Just to link back to what we were talking about, Tar, I think if Kate Blanchett wins the Oscar, she will equal Meryl Streep's Oscars haul. Really? I did not know that. Oh, that's epic. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, I hope that I'm that good for her because they're both absolute just beasts in the acting world. They are phenomenal. Oh, that's so exciting. But yes, it would have to be. And I feel like Gemma Collins would wear that. I think Gemma would not mind wearing the, the Devil Wears Prada. She'd be saying the quote, she'd be like, Devil Wears Prada, yeah, lovely. I'm claustrophobic, Darren. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brilliant. Uh, the monologue, Meryl Streep's monologue from the Devil Wears Prada. We're printing the entire thing on the T-shirt. So before we announce the movie you've picked for us to watch tonight, the final thing we're going to do is play your favourite song or score from a film. So I had to really wrap my brains, not not because I did, I had too many, too many options. I might have to give you two or three. But the main one that stuck into my head was weirdly the, the score for The Incredibles, you know, the Pixar movie, The Incredibles. It's so gorgeous. Like if you actually just listen to every song, it's honestly mind blowing. And like um, I, I've watched the, the, the film of them, not the film, but like there's a video of them doing it in the orchestra, the actual, you know, uh, playing it and, and seeing all of these wonderful musicians. And it's so so orchestral it's so magnificent and uh i just feel like if you ever feel a bit low if you put on one of the Incredibles songs from the soundtrack and it's all very classical and it's all quite jazzy sometimes if you're walking down the street you're like yeah 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 you really feel like you're about to do something wonderful you just feel like you're turning into a superhero but it's all so cool i just think the soundtrack of that is epic so i'd say the incredibles the, inc- the soundtracks, The Incredibles. Wow. So, would you, would you, if there, if there was the option of seeing, because you know they do this thing where I, I've been to one for Jaws and Psycho, where they play the score live while you're watching the movie. Is would that, would that be something you'd like? A thousand percent. I think that would be magical. That because it really is. It's, it's because you see The Incredibles is like, which is such an awesome movie, but it's like, oh, it's Pixar and it's animation. It's cool. That, but actually, when you just could get rid of all that and just listen to the music. It really is so fantastic and transporting. So I'd love to see that. And I love The Incredibles. I love all Pixar movies. I literally am obsessed with Pixar movies, all of them. 
Favorite favorite Pixar movie? I, I I do. I I think. Oh gosh. Well, you you do yours. while I think of my favorite Pixar movie. My recent one is Encanto. I loved Encanto. It was about this this young girl and her whole family in this like magical house, and they all have superpowers apart from her. But actual her superpower is that she's an angel and she's so kind, and that like her heart is her superpower, and she glues everyone together. And it's so lovely. So I love Encanto. That's my favorite. How about you, Alex? Uh, thank you for thank you for asking. Uh, I think possibly. I really liked Inside Out. I thought that was that was genius, and uh, there's a scene in that that is very close to um, to Up, the montage and Up in terms of you cannot fail to cry. No, Up is heartbreaking. I completely agree. Inside Out is gorgeous, and also Soul. Have you seen Soul as well, Alex? Because that other fabulous, like moving Pixar movies, like Soul is stunning. But I agree, Inside Out. Unreal, and no one like in up that that opening five minutes where it's him and his wife, and then he loses his uh, that bloody music. I'm like, no. <laughs> if anyone ever plays that music, I'm like, stop it, stop. <laughs> that just that that score, like just you singing those few notes. Then it's just like a it's like a flashback. It is, and that, that's so, it's so iconic to think that everyone knows that that moment. You know, however old you are, you've you know, if you've seen Up, even if you saw it with you, you know, your nieces, nephews, and you were you know in your thirties, you'll still be like so moved by that, and it's oh, it's just fabulous, gorgeous. I love that. Right, but it is it is the score for the Incredibles that we are playing. So we've arrived at this moment. It's time to announce to our excited audience and Gemma Collins in this packed auditorium, the movie out of all others you have picked to screen for us tonight. What is the movie? It's The Goodfellas. It's actually for Goodfellas. Yeah. <laughs> but all of that, it's, it's like, we want the Italian-American gangster movie. We want the Goodfellas. Got to be that. So Goodfellas, this is great. We've never had Goodfellas picked before. Tell me what you love about Goodfellas and when you first saw it and fell in love with it. I love everything about it, Alex. I just find it just gorgeous. I love just all the crazy dynamics between all the characters. Um, I love I love the theme of it. And like my mother is Italian-American and we have like family members who are honestly just like some of the guys in The Goodfellas. They've always had like an affinity with it in that respect. And I, I love all of those like mobster movies like The Godfather. And I've seen so many, even like um, The Departed, which I know is like a more of a Boston Irish one. Like I love all those kinds of like gangster films because there's such a like flair about them in a style. Yes, they're action movies, but they're not just that there's so many different layers there are so many different themes and i think when they're done as beautifully as like the goodfellas or the departed or godfather that you're like oh my gosh you see beyond the you know the da -da 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 -da. but actually that there's a heart to it and uh yeah all the motivations of the characters and i love the actors in it and one of my favorite actors in the world is joe pesci i just think he's so fabulous and just so i just want to see him in everything he just makes films for me like i you know i've seen him in so many different roles but it's just something about him he's like Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> and it's like his performance is so massive as well and outlandish and crazy but yeah it just it just works and it's i just think he is so fabulous so I, I just love the goodfellas and all those kinds of films of that like ilk that genre i just think are awesome he's so terrifying in that movie and yet i think it's a testament to joe pesci's performance that even though he's a monster you are still sad when he meets his end 
Completely. And, and again, this is another thing of like, you're in love with these characters, but yet that might be kind of like bad and they might be, you know, sort of like villainous here and there, but they're not. They're also mischievous and they've also got a big heart and they also want to make everyone laugh or, you know, and, and I'd actually say not to mirror it back, but like A Town Called Malice has got characters like that in there where you're like, oh, I should hate you, but I just love you and I want to see you do all this crazy stuff. Oh my God, what are you doing next? And so uh, The Goodfellas for me is just all of that. And I love the the family dynamics between everyone. And the, again, the music and that is wonderful absolutely wonderful um but yeah it is it's that italian new york atmosphere that vibe and and i even loved um the one that they they made uh what's it called with robert de niro they made one not that long ago in fact oh the irishman the irishman and again brought those actors all together yes like obviously different story different characters and robert de niro is actually irish in it which i adore um but again that there's something about that world always pulls me in and so i couldn't wait to see that film as well and that's because of my love for the goodfellas which i saw when i was about 22 or something so not not like too long ago but uh i just thought it was awesome i could see why people love that particular genre i was like oh yeah i get this this is fun uh, you must have been thrilled with the irishman as well because joe pesci had retired and has returned to retirement from acting now but they, i think uh i think a combination of uh scorsese and de niro going come on come joe please come on and again, he totally made it for me, Alex. I was like, oh, he is just awesome. Just seeing him and that, I was like, yeah, yeah, you, you've got it going on. He's, there's something so, he can be so like big and then also so subtle and small at the same time. He has this wonderful just way, anything he says, I'm like, and his eyes are just so interesting and mischievous. And I just, yeah, I just think he's awesome. Absolutely awesome. So the good fellas. And then going back to the Italian-American heritage. Yeah, kind of honor that, which is lovely. I love it. I love it. I Weirdly, on the Joe Pesci vibe, I watched My Cousin Vinny for the first time in about 10 years last night. Um, it's just, that's what a coincidence. Goodfellas is the movie we are playing. And that's it, Eliza. The curtains have closed. The guests are milling out, smiling, chatting, and thanking you for taking them on an incredible night out of the movies. But before you go, it's time for this week's mystery question. As we ask... What's in the box? Sorry, with the box. What was in the box? Oh, what's in the box? <gasps> oh my gosh! <laughs> Exciting. I know that Hermione Granger in you must be petrified right now. We have to get it right. Wingardium Leviosa. Okay, so here is your mystery question this week. I have it on good information that you do an incredible impression of a baby crying. Is this true? And would you care to discuss? It is completely true. And without further ado, I shall. <clears throat> Oh my God. It's just so loud. It's so loud, isn't it, Alex? I know. It's so strange. It's so creepy. That <laughs> is. Everyone looks so shocked. <laughs> yeah, yeah I... it's, it's a bizarre little thing. <laughs> that's that's insane. How did you discover that you could do that? And wow. It's it's so bizarre. I think I was like 11 and I was just doing it. I was messing around just like, wah, 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 wah. and then I turned it into a baby cry. And I could do it with my mouth closed or open. So I was like, wah, wah, wah. 
And it's weird because I can try and move my face in any other way and just like try to disguise it. And like when I was like, yeah, like 11, I would do it in English class and like the teacher, because I, w- I would try and do other things with my face to sort of mask it. She'd be like, where's that coming from? Oh my gosh, the baby in one of the lockers. And there was just this whole thing and they would all like jab me like, do it, do it, do it. And uh, yeah, I actually weirdly used it in The Last Kingdom where um, we were filming in season one. I have a, uh, there was a beautiful um, scene with the baby and this gorgeous little baby had just, just gone to sleep and we've been like filming with the baby and because um, the baby was playing my son King Edward who turns into King Edward but in this particular scene they were like um, we sort of want the baby to be a bit upset but we had all seen that the baby had gone to sleep and instead of waking the baby up we were like what should we do and I said I can weirdly help here I'll hold the baby but put the boon mic here and I'll just do a little sound for you and they were like what are you talking about so they did they put the boon mic and I just started going so there was the baby and they were like wonderful because the baby had to appear you know sick and sort of like you know upset and yeah then they used it in the last kingdom i actually remember seeing it and hearing it in the mix i was like that is bonkers but it was handy now and then wow wow a a Mm. gift it's the gift that keeps on giving what a wonderful wonderful skill um right uh, Eliza, that is it. Your taxi has arrived to ferry you back to reality. But before you leave, let's recap your perfect night out at the cinema. You are going to the cinema with Gemma Collins in the evening because you love a busy cinema. You're having mixed popcorn with a Diet Coke and maybe, if it's available, some toffee butter kissed. We are putting up posters for Get Out, Batman vs. Superman, The Woman King and La La Land. We are playing the trailer for Tar. We are watching the entire shot or sequence, which is 1917, so the entire movie. We are then going to be putting on a t-shirt. Meryl Streep's quote from The Devil Wears Prada. Her entire monologue is going on a t-shirt. We are then listening to the score for The Incredibles before we watch Goodfellas. Eliza, thank you for taking us on this trip to the movies. Have you had a good time? The best time with you, Alex. Extraordinary. You are incredible. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Have a great day. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, lovely. And as Eliza's cab carries her away from our virtual cinema off into the distance, it's your chance to win a pair of tickets for a night out at a very real Odeon cinema. As I said at the start, the lovely people at Odeon have given us a pair of tickets to give away every week. And if you'd like the chance of getting these tickets, all you have to do is leave us a review of the show or a comment on our socials. You can leave the review on whichever podcast platform you use, be it Apple Podcasts or other, or you can get in touch on any of our socials, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, where we're at Trip to Movies Pod. The competition is only open to UK residents, and tickets exclude Odeon Leicester Square and Odeon Lux. And just before I say my final farewell for this episode, don't forget you can find the full and free video interview for today's Eliza Butterworth episode, and indeed every guest we've had on the show on our Trip to the Movies Patreon, as well as early access to the podcast too. And if you'd like to get a taste of those video interviews, subscribe to our trip to the movies youtube channel and that really is it i'll be back next week when another special guest takes us on a trip to the movies bye bye